Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Our favorite NFL players and anthology. And Demario Warren. It is to tell new one is one Oh two nine ESPN radio and SWX Montana television across the great state of all the days. It's Montana day, right? Four Oh six out there. Great to be with everybody back on the television side of this thing as well as of course on the radio across Western Montana. Outstanding to be with you. Hope you had a safe and uh, enjoyable weekend with you and yours found something to do, found something that was productive. And now you're back here with us, which is the most productive that you can possibly be there is no doubt about it we're happy to be with you we are happy also to be all over the world wide web 1029espn.com is where you can go you listen live all the time on the stream the stream is available thanks to opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity and the phones when we have people call in the interviews we do they join us on the rangich brothers rv phone line let's take a look at what we have in the show today first of all colter and i are starting today on a couple of week, probably eight days, if you want to divide it up exactly, uh, jaunt through the NFL. We're going to go division by division, picking our favorite player. Just this little personal opinion. There's no yeses or nos or rights or wrongs here. Just who who is the guy that we like the most from every NFL franchise across the NFL. So we're going to start today in the NFC East, okay? The Cowboys, Redskins, Eagles, and Giants. We're going to go through all these uh, teams and the guys that we like, that we love, uh, uh, that uh, that played for these clubs. This is certain, certainly something you can participate in as well on the social medias at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN. Get us there, and uh, and you can uh, give us your feedback on that stuff as well. We will go through uh, the uh, all-star rosters for uh, the Montana boys and girls uh, all-star basketball teams uh, as it came out today for the uh, you know the Montana-Wyoming challenge that comes down. Now, we don't know for sure if they're going to play the game, but the rosters have been announced, so we'll go through that a little bit. We also will talk about 
Al Kaline. He died at the age of 85. Yeah, Al Kaline, yep. And uh, he, uh, sorry, he passed the age of 85. Al Kaline, uh, great, great Detroit Tiger. And that spawns a little bit of a conversation about the cities who love their sports figures the most. Right. And Detroit is certainly on that list. So we will go through that. And I have a kind of a, a different twist to that question, too, about, you know, especially with the advent of free agency what that has meant for individual players who would have been revered and loved in the cities they were in but became transient as professional athletes moving from city to city and where is their home, where they loved. And it brings up now the current scenario with Tom Brady, too, because he'll always be remembered as a Patriot. Of course. I mean, and and that's when we talk about this first segment we're going to do, I'm not really sure how you picked it, but I kind of picked it as what team defined a player. So Mm. in other words, like today we're going to do the NFC East, our favorite players in the NFC East. Yeah. Adrian Peterson's one of my five favorite players of all time. He played for the Washington Redskins. I'm not saying he's my favorite Washington Redskins. No. Because he's not. It, he's a Viking. It, it, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. That's like saying my favorite Tampa Bay Buccaneer is Tom Brady. You know? <laughs> right. Like, it's just not. Well, it, it might be it true be, right It could now. be. And I think Anthony Knockerider is probably saying Steve that it Young? is. What about right? that? Uh, so, we'll we'll go through. In the top of the hour, looking forward to this, Demario Warren. We continue our series uh, of interviews with Big Sky Conference football quarterbacks. He is the head coach of the Southern Utah Thunderbirds, heading into his fifth year there. Had a couple of very good years uh, with Southern Utah where they were co-champions of Big Sky Conference and now has had a couple of tough years, lean years in Cedar City, but a young guy, 35 years old, I think, to Mario Warren, a young guy, and uh, uh, you know, obviously now in a f- his fifth year, fifth year as a head coach, uh, we will talk with him and look forward to, you know, again, continuing to uh, uh, get a lay of the land in the offseason that is Big Sky Conference football. So there you go. That is our show today. We will uh, happy to have you along with us, and again, happy to be back on TV. If you're checking us on SWX. We appreciate that. We are in the new studios. The the uh, 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 counter here, our desk, is absolutely spectacular. We are happy to have it. The faces, of course, as you know, you can't improve upon them with Coulter and myself. We will get some other angles for you and uh, some uh, some artwork around the room and stuff like that as we go, but happy to be up and rolling with you uh, across the state of Montana again today. I didn't know we were going to be on TV. It's funny because I made the proclamation last week that uh, I wore a T-shirt for the first time on this show in more than two and a half years. So I decided to double down, wear a T-shirt for the second straight day. That's right. Try to keep my dress shirts clean, you know? Yeah, right. But now Get we're back on TV. On. I haven't seen, or I can say this since they're a sponsor of ours, I haven't seen our good friends down at Compass Barbershop yeah. in a little while, so I'm not looking my best right now. I disagree. Hello to everybody. I think you look great. Now, you look great after you make a visit, too, but when it's time to go in, oh, this is... This is a hunk of man right here. Well, see, here's the thing, though, is that uh, as we learned the hard way this last summer, I am no longer allowed to trim my own beard. Yeah. Because it went from <laughs> a trim job to a gone beard, and it it just wasn't. It wasn't yeah. good. It wasn't good for anybody. Uh, Coulter, I'm excited about this, man. When you came up with this idea a couple of weeks ago, you know, we've been discussing, okay, well, what are the things that we want to do? Uh, you know, we're obviously going to stick to – the Montana stuff that's central to what we do. And that is always going to be the, the absolute main purpose of what we're here about everything that has to do with Montana sports. And then all the indirect quote unquote stuff, things like Demoria Warren, part of the big sky conference, that sort of thing. But also, you know, we, we got other things that we like to talk about that we've had some fun with. We did some NBA stuff last week, but you said, you know, I would, I've never gotten a chance to really sit down and go through my, my favorite player, the guys I loved and why, 
uh, in the NFL. And so it seems like a good time anyways to be doing that. The NFL draft coming up here in a couple of weeks. And so leading up to that, we thought, well, why not do that? So each day, uh, you know, we'll go through and do, uh, uh, well, I guess we'll do four a week. So there'll be one day that we don't do it. But uh, we'll do each division and the four teams in each division and our favorite guys. So we decided to start with the NFC East. Uh, not here so much, but probably, I mean, this is the most... Isn't, isn't this the most sort of prominent division in the NFL when you talk about the franchises that are in it? Unfortunately, I mean, yes, it was the, definitely my it's my least favorite division in the league for sure. Yeah, but I mean, when you talk about the historical context of franchises like like you know the Giants and the Cowboys, but that's why it's my least favorite division because they all are villainous teams that never have been able to encompass anything but juggernauts. I guess the Eagles maybe are an underdog sometimes, but the Redskins are just a blue blood. And then the last 20 years, blue blood failure. The Cowboys are the bluest blood. I don't know about that. They won two Super Bowls in the last 20 years. Uh, no, you're thinking, you're, you're getting old, buddy. The last time the Redskins won the Super Bowl was oh, 1991. Oh, oh, I thought you said the Giants. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 said, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. The, the, Washington the hasn't won. No, no, no. The, the, yeah, yeah. Gi- the Giants were the steadiest. Yes. And then they had a massive fall from grace recently. And that shows Very how bizarre. important ownership and coaching is, the continuity between the two. Yeah. The Redskins were. Glory, glory, glory. Absolutely. And then disaster, disaster, disaster since Dan Snyder brought for, the for team. 20, for two decades, yeah. The absolutely. Cowboys have been the most regal of any NFL franchises, but because of that, they can't do anything but come up short unless they were to win the Super Bowl, and they just can't seem to do that. Well, who do you want to start and with? And then the Eagles. You know, the Eagles might be the one underdog, but they're the ones that and won the most finally recent won championship. One, right. yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, all right, what team do you want to start with? What do you want? Uh, to let's do? go with the Cowboys. Okay, why not? Why not open the with the Cowboys? Now, w- the caveat here is that the answer I said this is a, a, a you know just a matter of opinion. There's no right or wrong. There is a right and wrong answer on the Cowboys. If you're in Missoula, Montana, your favorite Cowboy of all time is Brian Salonen. Period. End of story. <laughs> There's no <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, with that in mind, shout out BS. Uh, you, you tell me who's your favorite one because I I actually. I kind of cheated on this. Well, I, I split. I, I unfortunately, uh, no offense, Brian, but I was not old enough to see Brian ever play, mm-hmm. so I can't name him as the favorite cowboy I've ever seen play. Uh, so then my, my, it, it relegates me to the fact that I've only ever liked two cowboys that have played for the Cowboys in my life. Yeah, that's Larry Allen and Nate Newton. So I went with Larry Allen. Okay, hey, that's a good one. Larry Allen's great. I picked two guys, and I, I never went, forget when I heard when I was a kid that Larry Allen could bench press over seven hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. I thought. Wait, how? Not possible. Who who can? Not possible. Anybody that's pressing over 500 pounds seems like it's impossible. Yeah. 700 pounds. What? <laughs> and that is a recorded fact. I mean, he right. has to be the strongest yes. guy in NFL history, right? Uh, Who's benching 700 pounds? Nobody. I mean, I don't think Romo did it. <laughs> so, uh, I, I picked two guys, and I went to two very different ends of the spectrum, but I really like both of these guys for uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. One is who I never saw play, of course, but Roger Staubach. I mean, good when you just in terms of the type of guy he is, you watch some of the you know football life stuff. Was in the Navy right for four years before he played. Went ten and zero in his first ten starts and won a Super Bowl. In that, in those first ten, went into the Hall of Fame in 1985, was the Super Bowl MVP of of Super Bowl six. So obviously he is one of the Absolute, first of all, great guys, great gentlemen. And by the way, my disdain for the Dallas Cowboys started with Jerry Jones. Right. Prior to that, 
They were they were a team that I like. My mother liked them very much, and then the fall from yeah, grace my, went my all very sideways. So you're talking about like the Tom Landry. It, it, Tom Landry walked on water. Yeah, and then and the way that he was treated basically befell the. The, the the hatred that happened, at least with my family, I think there's many others out there that way. The other guy who I just loved, and this is a guy who I, I don't know, is he a cowboy or is he a 49er? Charles Haley. But Charles Haley now, first of all, as good as it gets at, at, uh, you know, at the position, but also the stories about Charles Haley, <laughs> they will... They will satisfy any time that you need filled. Uh, if you want to hear, you know, Troy Aikman tell Charles Haley stories, I give you just put the kids to bed. But uh, you know, you can have a chuckle on uh, on Charles Haley and what the you know the type of character that he was. But I uh, I picked those two guys. Who's the best cowboy of all time, though? The, the best? best cowboy yeah, who's of the all best? time. Who do you I think, think? I think that I think that <laughs> the consensus would be Roger Staubach. I yeah. think he's the most beloved cowboy you think of all more, time. More than Emmett. The thing is that's so interesting about the guys that won three out of four Super Bowls in the early 1990s is every single one of them takes away from each other's legacy. But you would what, put what Emmett I, is the best of the three. No, the, no, no, no. I would take Michael Irvin as the best of the three. You think so? Michael Irvin is the best of the three. If Michael Irvin was playing in a different system, Michael Irvin would have all-time numbers. He already does have all-time numbers, but I think Michael Irvin is the pace setter. Okay. I think Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith's great, but he benefited from the offensive yeah. line. Troy Aikman is, I think, Okay, I never thought Troy Aikman was that great. He I was. Mean, he's very good. He's but good. He, he's, he's good. He was in the right place for sure. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you this. Troy Aikman's not as individually good as Tony Romo, and and Troy Aikman has a much better legacy because of the teams he played yeah. on. But that's that's team sports too. That's what though, it is, right? That's I mean, what it is. That's team sports. But you're right. Roger Starbuck probably the best. The best cowboy. I think Randy White is probably up there too. Former mm. outstanding defensive lineman yep. in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, I mean, Larry Allen has to be up there, man. I mean, he was, I think he was a unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, he's the, one of the greatest guards in NFL history. Absolutely. I mean, I think he's like 10-time first-team All-Pro. Absolutely. So, um, two yeah. Two-tail no, one or two nine ESPN Radio. All right, Coulter, let's most, go. Let, give me what, just give me what, real quick uh, your most memorable Cowboy, because I got, I have two. Well, I mean, it's probably Charles Haley. Charles Haley's pretty good. That that's why I think that they're so polarizing, but also why they're they they captivate America so much is because yeah. they actually probably have more quote unquote memorable characters than anybody. I got Deion Sanders as one. How can you forget primetime? See, and and, uh, and who do you define him as? Because he he played equal parts with the Falcons, Niners, and Cowboys. Yeah, his bravado though was on the most full display during with that ninety five Super yeah. Bowl at Dallas. Yeah. But then my other one is probably the most infamous guy you could think of, and that's Leon Lett. Because mm. Leon Lett got stripped on the, the fumble in the Super Bowl by Don Beebe <laughs> from behind. Yeah. Later on, yeah, I think Don he Beebe. stuck a pair of yeah. scissors in Michael Irvin's neck when they were trying to cut each other's hair. Because those guys used to just be going crazy. I mean, if anybody wants to read an entertaining book, read Boys Will Be Boys <laughs> by Jeff Perlman. It's all about the off-the-field antics of these guys. Some of it's funny. Some of it's harmless. Some of it is downright frightening. I mean, these guys were like... Living life in the fast lane yeah. to the fullest extent, but no, it no. is a very entertaining read. All right, uh, what do you want to do, Washington Redskins, next? Yep. Okay, I'll give. Okay, first of all, there is no question who the best Washington Redskin of all time is to me. It's Daryl Green. I mean, he's yes. he's the best football player of all time for Washington. Yep. But my favorite player of all time, Sean Taylor. Sean, that's really good. One. I didn't even think of that. That's Sean really good. Taylor. I he was the first guy like after Steve Atwater and Leon let to like flash to me like that as a safety and are you ready for this this is crazy okay he played 
Now, people, you know, who who remember Sean Sean Taylor died tragically. Uh, One of the strangest deaths of all time. Got got was was shot and shot in the the leg of all things. I mean, what a crazy thing to happen. Twenty four years old when he died. Right, he had only been league for what I think three years, three three and a half years. He played. Are you ready for this? Fifty five total games. You ready for his number numbers in fifty five games? Two hundred ninety nine tackles, eight forced fumbles, and twelve interceptions. Wow! In fifty five games. I mean, this is he's not a guy. I don't know how to say. I wouldn't be against him being in the Hall of Fame in three and a half seasons because of of what he did and because of the unwritten. Career that had obviously that it wasn't about like injury or something like that, and the reverence that his peers have for him. Absolutely, too. both Ed Reed and Charles Woodson, the only guy they've ever said is better than them is him, and the only guy who ever made an actual legit play in a Pro Bowl. <laughs> I, I don't know the reference. Kick, kickoff coverage, and he just smoke showed whoever it was that was returning the kick, and just we're not he wasn't here to play nice. Right is the point. Uh, so anyway, Sean Sean Taylor, who I I loved, and uh, a very very sad loss uh, to well to everybody and certainly to the NFL community. But he's probably my favorite Washington Redskin. My favorite's Vernon Davis. Mm. I think Vernon Davis is the greatest combine freak of all time. <laughs> you you really oh I love Vernon Davis, dude. I mean I always did too, and then I kind of was like, well why why aren't we? I mean, he's the old. There's a, not the ultimate, but he's an example of the guy who ended up having like if you just looked at his career, you go, "Wow, what a great career!" But when he was coming out of Maryland, you thought this is going to be the greatest tight end that ever has played football ever. Well, I mean, he's he's the only 265 pound person to my knowledge that has ever run a sub four four electronic. That's tight, right. Ever. That's right. I mean, he he's the fastest big man that's ever played in the game. I mean, at least one of. I mean. Yeah, no. That combine is was the thing of legend. I mean, you're talking That's right. 65265 running 438. I mean, it was mind-blowing. It was it was mind-boggling, honestly. But you're right. I mean, you look at his numbers by the time it's all said and done. He had 583 catches, 7562 yards and 63 touchdowns. Those are those are borderline Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah. Uh, but he was only a quote-unquote only a two-time pro bowler, one-time first team all-pro. So Maybe didn't live up to it fully. He did struggle with injuries a ton, but he had some great years, and he was pretty consistent. And, you know, I mean, the fact that he played for 13 seasons, when you're that type of guy who is just a target to get blasted all the time, it's impressive that he did make it that long. But you're right. He is definitely – you don't want to say what if because he did play for a long time, but he he just didn't quite get to his maximum capability. But I think that's just a product of being such an outrageous combine freak. All right, my most memorable. You got a most. Who's who? You picking for your favorite? Well, my favorite's Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor. Okay. Right, right. Do you have a most memorable? I mean, I don't know. My but, most memorable is London Fletcher. Mm. Only because London Fletcher led the NFL in tackles four years in a row at about five foot eight, two hundred and fifty-five <laughs> pounds. Wonderful. One of the great effort players that we've seen. London London Fletcher is uh, is something else. There's no doubt. All right, Philadelphia or New York? What are we doing? Uh, let's do Philly. Okay, Philadelphia Eagles. Go ahead. Who's who's your favorite? My favorite's Randall Cunningham. My favorite Philadelphia Eagle of all time is Randall Cunningham. Nice. I, yeah. I have my. I, I wrote down uh, first of all just my opinion, but most one of the most underrated players of all time, and Randall Cunningham 
When he retired, he was the, in fact, as of 2010, he was still the all-time rushing leader in NFL history at quarterback. That, basically. He did. And uh, Mike Vick is the only one who surpassed him. He still sits in second. He's still ahead of Cam Newton, of Russell Wilson. Now, presumably that's not going to last, right? Uh, Russell Wilson's going to get him. Pr- probably Cam Newton's only like 20 yards behind him, so if he plays another season, he'll get him. And there's uh, some guy named Lamar that seems to like to run a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but the point is, is that he was doing the thing before there was even like there was no system designed to have their quarterback run the football when Randall Cunningham was playing. He was just that athletic, that fast, that good, and and an absolute miracle worker in the backfield. So I have uh, uh, I have Randall Cunningham as my favorite uh, eagle of all time. There's another guy though too who I also have on the list. And this is another split one, particularly with me. Reggie but White. Reggie White is uh, is yeah. is, you know, one of my absolute all time favorite players. And I probably give him the nod on the Eagles because uh, he's, you know, I don't know, he he wasn't as long in Green Bay, but then that is where he won a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, of course, right. then with the Packers, so and he was still really good. He was one of those few guys that switched teams late in his career, and he right. was still a, a dominant. It's one of those things like Ray Bork, right? Plays like twenty years with the Boston Bruins, Hall of Fame career as a defenseman, but then wins an actual Stanley Cup in Colorado uh, you right. know, at the tail end of his career, and so it's this this sort of you know funky asymmetry. But now Ray, R- R- Reggie White did play for the Packers for more than just a year. Or two. I mean, he went and was substantial for Green Bay. Um, but those are my those are my two guys. I think a lot of guys that are um, in our age group in their 30s. Yeah, they were baptized on the NFL through NFL films, so we have a lot of knowledge of guys that we didn't weren't even alive or were very young when they were playing because that was right. such a huge thing. I mean, you probably remember that watching that with your dad or whatever. I mean, on Absolutely. Sunday evenings when they used to play them on the networks. And so you, even though well, Walter Payton, I think retired, I think maybe the year after I was born, but I still had a pretty distinct knowledge of what Walter Payton was like watching him. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, those late 80s Philadelphia Eagles teams, because of Buddy Ryan, Randall Cunningham, Jerome Brown, Reggie White, they had, the NFL films were so compelling because Buddy, Buddy Ryan was such a character. And then these guys were such, they had such a ferocious defense, this exciting quarterback. I mean, some of his throws, unbelievable. And so I, I always had this like affinity for those Eagles teams, but then that completely went away in the nineties and two thousands. Right. And I mean, you know, we'll see. There's there's some there's some good Eagles going right now, as far as I'm concerned. But it's uh we'll we'll wait and see a little bit. I mean, there's uh there there's a couple I mean, Jason Kelsey's on my list of favorite people I've ever seen in my life. And he's you know, as an Eagle, you say, Well, he's just gonna front run with the center that won the Super Bowl. Well, who gave also the greatest speech in the history of sports. No doubt. So uh, I could go with Jason Jason Kelsey on that deal as well. All right, finally, Colbert. My most memorable yeah. is Donovan McNabb. Really? I think of the modern generation, yeah. I mean, he was he was a very good player, but why? I mean, what? why is he? I mean, it's sort of like this. The quarterback is always going to be remembered to some extent, right? Yeah. But why, what, why him? I mean, he doesn't seem... Seems like there's other guys to me that I would think of about the even like a guy like T.O. I would think of before Donovan McNabb. Yeah, well, Terrell Owens, I think for the polarizing Dawkins. nature of it, I guess I guess I was thinking more of McNabb's is so much more beloved. Brian Dawkins yeah. is another good one too. I mean, I think that McNabb, I think McNabb's underrated in a lot of ways. I think that um, the fact that they didn't punch through the door, they went to the NFC, NFC Championship game five times and only made it to one Super Bowl and didn't win that Super Bowl, that really hurts his legacy. Yeah. But there was a lot there. I mean, let me ask you. People this. remember. People forget. Like 
when Doug Williams was the first African-American quarterback to leave the Washington Redskins to the Super Bowl, yep. that was an anomaly at the time. Randall Cunningham was this outlier, but so many teams in the league didn't copycat that style because they didn't think they he, people could do it. Right. All of a sudden, Warren Moon is one of the great quarterbacks on the planet, and he's relegated to the CFL. It's easy to forget, though, that Don McNabb, him and Michael Vick, circa 1998-1999, those guys were the first guys that really drafted as number one, number two overall picks to be faces of franchises as African-Americans, mm. and they had to kick down the door. And Vic, he had his his rise and his fall, obviously, but also the fit in Atlanta and how marketable he was to his specific community. It was just an easier thing than Don McNabb in Philadelphia. Yeah. I think people forget McNabb with the whole Rush Limbaugh thing when Rush Limbaugh was working for ESPN, and McNabb got in this... You know, he stood up for, for black quarterbacks across the country and said... No, you're wrong, man, because Russ Limbaugh said, I don't know if African-American guys can do this. And Donovan Nav's like, yes, we can. And now, I just think that Donovan Nav's more of a trendsetter that people may give, give him credit for. And now you look at the league, and that's not even a, a narrative now. I mean, that's it's completely right. been erased. I mean, half or more of the best quarterbacks in the NFL are African-Americans. So I think Donovan Nav doesn't get as much credit as he should because he wasn't that first guy, yeah. but he was like the modern guy that really sustained it. It wasn't just win a Super Bowl like – Doug Williams. It wasn't just be this electric but sporadic guy like Randall Cunningham. He was a steady face of the franchise guy who was such a great leader. That's a good point. You may have swayed me on this, Coulter. Well done. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Okay, one more franchise in the NFC East. We're going yeah. through again. Picking our favorite players uh, uh, for, by franchise would start today with the NFC East. The New York Giants. So, I already I know who your what your answer yeah, is. You I do. mean, this might be your favorite player, just period. This is my favorite player. Yes, I have paintings of this guy in okay. my house. All right, yes. go ahead. So I won't pull. I mean, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Lawrence Taylor is my favorite football player of all time. Lawrence Taylor to remains. Every we always think that everything in sports is always getting better. There has never been a guy that hits like Lawrence Taylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the most ferocious linebacker in the history of the league. Still, tw- thirty years later, there there's there's no questions, there's no if ands or buts who the best player in in franchise history is, and this is a a, a franchise that has. Some really good players that have trafficked through. I mean, he's the he's one of the best players in the history of the league. Of right? course, yeah. of course. I mean, he, I, I, I think that he would be picked as the best defensive player to ever play. You think so? I mean, yeah. I, it, I, I, mean, I, it, I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, the way he changed the game was was second to none. Uh, I think, I think he probably occupies that spot. So I, 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 I uh, will never begrudge anybody for saying LT, who was uh, absolutely well the greatest. He's not my favorite. Giant, though. Yeah. My favorite giant is Stray. You love Stray. Love oh, yeah. Strahan. Tooth I mean, he's in the tooth, he's baby. in the Gap Tooth Club. Me, Madonna, Letterman, Strahan. That's the group. <laughs> <laughs> and so I am I I I love Michael Strahan. And you know, he is he's easy to like because of everything. What I don't know which is it is it Good Morning America or the Today Show. I don't know which what I, are, I don't know which the, one's one of the network what, what morning is. shows. But, certainly, you know that he. That he has the ability—that's not an easy thing to do, man. Like he, to 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 be on, you know, a morning television show and trying, you know, doing the the happy thing, but also being a professional within the context of it. And then obviously, what he does, you know, with with the—he's on Fox, right? Yeah, on the Fox uh, uh, show, uh, the NFL shows. He's unbelievably great at that. And people go, "Well, he's such a gregarious personality." This, that, and the third, and that is true. But also, there have been a lot of great personalities coming out of the NFL that couldn't become excellent, excellent TV guys. And he is as good as it gets at what he does. He is, you know, he's got a great persona. And also, don't forget, 
He's an unbelievable football player. I mean, this guy is in the season record for sacks in a season. Despite Brett Favre rolling over for him, uh, he did. He did get a gimme. Whatever, got a gimme. He got. He got the other twenty-two. Yes, he did. And one hundred and forty-one and a half. I was going to say top ten, sixth all time. There you go. Sixth all time in NFL history for sacks. Four All Pros, seven Pro Bowls, Hall of Fame. Okay, so I mean that's. That's uh, that's what you want. The other thing that I like, you, do you remember who inducted him, who he had to do his induction at the Hall of Fame? I don't. You ready for this? Jay Glazer. Mm. Jay Glazer has so much cachet in NFL circles. Well, it's, it's amazing. It's bizarre because it's not bizarre. Here's what it is. Here's what I like about this. Jay Glazer is not an, uh, an agent. He's, he's, a, he's an NFL insider member of the media. But also... Like, when you find yourself in particular situations where you're covering a guy or whatever, like, at some point, you're around each other enough. If you have personalities that fit, there's no reason not to just become sociable, right? And at the end of the day, Strahan even said, you know, people have all sort of raised their eyebrows. Well, why would you have this guy, you know, that covered you? He's like, Jake Lee is my best friend. Like, he's the guy that's doing it. So, I mean, I'm not saying that's why I like Strahan. I just find it interesting, and I think it's a... A, a model that has some value that we don't see that often, and I wish we would see more of it. Uh, sort of where 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 guys are just friends in a certain way. But in any case, I love watching Strahan play. Not to mention, you know, the sack that he had in the fourth quarter of their Super Bowl against the New England Patriots, who were eighteen and zero and all that, uh, is one of the great moments in individual defensively. Uh, that that the game has seen, and obviously we know about the drive and the Tyree and the Plaxico Burris, you know, and, and, and all that. But that's that's among the most iconic games in the history of the sport, in a sport that is rife with iconic games. I mean, it is an all timer's all timer when the Giants Certainly. beat the undefeated and perfect New England Patriots in that Super Bowl. And so, uh, you know, and Strahan rode off on that man. That was his last game, and why not? You know, so uh, I give it up. I give it up to my guy Michael Strahan. He's my favorite Giant. Uh, Phil Sims also right there. It's two tell new one. It's one zero two nine ESPN Radio. That was that was a little underhanded by me at the end. I mean, Phil's fine. It's fine. But he's probably not my, on the list. Uh, we'll take a quick break. On the other side, want to get into the all-star game that is the annual Wyoming versus Montana Boys and Girls High School basketball all-star affair. Who's on the rosters and uh, some of the kids, especially a bunch of kids going on to play, obviously, college basketball, both inside and out of the state of Montana. So we'll get to that in just a moment. Hey, you ready for a new truck? Get to Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton for the best deals on the best trucks. Duramax, Chevy or GMC. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you across the state. Happy to be here. 
Hope you are well, safe, sane, getting outside, getting away from the people. I've actually been enjoying that part of this, is like looking for places to go. And this is the best place in the world to get out and find the nooks and crannies and valleys and rivers and lakes and the whole thing and just hang out. Um, By the way, some good news, I think, I hope good news on this. We're trying to figure out, you know, what, how this, this whole, you know, COVID-19 deal is sort of, of, of going, but I believe I I saw this today and I need to confirm the sourcing on this. Um, But, you know, they, they put these projections out of where the peak is going to be sort of when, you know, in terms of when the most people are going to be, uh, when, when they're projecting the most people in a given day, a given 24 hour period will be sort of, uh, uh, you know, tested and found to have this new virus, the coronavirus. And in the state of Montana, uh, the projection for when the peak would happen was like April 26th, I think sometime towards the end of the month. And that has been moved up to like the 13th. The communications director, Bob Frank, of the um, Montana Fed. So it's they, from the state. From, from, and, and by the way, having it move up is a great thing. I mean, it indicates that, you know, this, that, that you know, the sooner the, the peak happens, so, you know, then the sooner the backside of the peak and it starts, the numbers start to drop. And, uh, you know, this is obviously a very good state to, uh, try and keep your distance in, not low numbers, lots of space. So that's good. But it's also, it was one of the only, if not the only state that had its projected peak date move forward rather than back. So, um, you know, tip of the cap to everybody around the state of Montana that's been doing what they're supposed to do, taking care of each other, taking care of themselves and, uh, and, uh, to, you know, the folks who are, you know, making the decisions out there and, 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 and trying to get this thing, moved in the right direction. So uh, that's that's some good news, and hopefully that turns out to be the case and, and uh, we get on the other side of this thing as quickly as possible. I mean, if we have flattened the curve in Montana, it's going to be very interesting when it comes to a high school sports perspective because the Big Sky Conference has canceled everything. Yeah. There is no option for spring sports or spring football or anything. That's right. Because Eastern Washington and a couple other schools in the Big Sky are on quarters, they eliminated spring football, too, because there was a chance that Eastern Washington, they have a summer quarter, so they could have done spring football during their summer quarter mm-hmm. in June and July. Mm-hmm. So they just canceled that across the board. The MHSA has, they've been incrementally canceling, as you just heard, the Midland Top 10 meet, which is the eastern side of the state's prestigious invite track meet. There's also the Russ Pilcher Top 10 here in Missoula. But the Midland Roundtable has been canceled. But most of the other track meets haven't been. Archie Row, the big one up in Flathead. Uh, there's the uh, the guys only and the girls only that happened in Butte and Great Falls. I can't remember which one's which. And then the Russ Pilcher top 10 here. They haven't been canceled yet. Yeah. So we could have a couple of these things take place in May or something. Just, you know, the last couple weekends. And we maybe even had a, have a state track meet. I don't know. I don't know how that would work with logistics or athletes or anything like that. But it is some sort of optimism, the fact that it hasn't fully been canceled. Well, and, and the thing, too, is unlike college athletics where five years is really the norm in a lot of instances there's no there's no getting eligibility back for high school seniors and stuff like that one thing that i also like to think about here um and by the way this is this can all be part of our prep extra segment prep extra segment brought to us by farmer state bank farmer state bank your montana bank since 1907 also online farmersebank.com um some sport some sporting event is going to be the first one 
to reconvene and have something happen in the United States. Like there, right. there's going to be something. And okay, maybe you know, take the NFL draft. But I'm talking about an actual on the field, on the court competition. Wouldn't it be interesting if the first thing that was actually happening was a spring sporting event in the state of Montana because we had gotten on the other side of the virus or whatever it is. Now, I don't know if it would, but it would be a, there would be a lot of people talking about looking at that and, and And it would be interesting. It would make me so happy too, because I reckon, and I always argue that the best, the, the most competitive national marks on a national level by any athletes in the state of Montana are the high school track marks, particularly on the female side. Yeah. And we had multiple girls last year that were throwing the javelin top 10 marks in the country. I mean, Angelica Street at, up in Columbia Falls, she had the second farthest javelin throw in the nation. Lauren Hagan at Missoula Sentinel. I mean, she was top five in the country in triple jump. Yeah. Delaney Bond at Bozeman, top five in the country in long jump. So if that attention was turned on Montana, I got a question for you though. Yeah. If you're a girl like Lauren Hagan, Lauren Hagan has multiple state championships as both a individual as well as the Missoula Sentinel team. She's been a key cog on that. One of the best 110 hurdle runners in the state, one of the best long jumpers in the state, and absolutely the best triple jumper in the history of the state of Montana, period. Going to the University of Washington, she shattered the all-class record in the triple jump last year. She was certainly going to threaten it again this year. She had a couple meets in the early spring like for a club track program before the high school season started. Right, right. She jumped over 42 feet, which would <laughs> obliterate her record that she already obliterated this last year. Yeah. But it's just, uh, it all comes down to individual training at this point in time. But if you were uh, someone like Lauren Hagan, say you'd only got one meet to prepare and then you had divisionals in state. Yeah. Would you want to do it? I mean, you obviously would, right? But you're just, you're probably not going to break your record. Yeah. I mean, to me, the key is how do you feel physically? I mean, the, 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 the idea of just going out one day and like stretching your quads out and then going for you know a mark right. isn't it's especially when you have college uh, scholarship and everything coming up on right. the horizon that's something that you just in no way whatsoever want to endanger but you so also the, you also have to assume that i mean somebody like lauren hagan that's reached this unbelievably elite level she's probably been stretching it out and working out and that's exactly what i'm saying so it 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 hinges to me on what she is doing right now. What what is right. she up to? Is she continuing on her own time in her own uh, you know place, which presumably she would be to to doing you know the things that she need to do. You can still run a hundred meters. You can still go practice your steps and your jumps and your stretching and do all of that stuff. So if you were doing that consistently to a point where you felt like physically you're very you know you're in great shape you're ready to go why not go out and have a competition why not go out and see and really at this point it's a competition against yourself if you're if you're Morgan Hagen right. right so uh you know go go ahead and do it and, and and it would be you know it'd be fun to see what she was able to do and look if you don't reach that mark you do have a built-in explanation right i mean sure. so it's it's okay and if you do how much the better totally and like i bet like the high jump on the boys side I mean, Trey Tittinger threatened the Montana all-class record as a freshman, broke it as a sophomore, then hasn't been able to really surpass that, but has been equaling those marks. But then out of nowhere comes this kid who is the first kid that could push him, and he's probably the second or third greatest high jumper in the history of the state. He just happens to be next to the the best in Julius Mims from Billing Skyview. But that in itself, like, who cares what your mark is because you're going jump for jump with another guy. That would be fun competition to watch. Absolutely. Even if if you're going six inches shorter than you normally were used to. Colter, let's talk about the Midland Roundtable Montana-Wyoming All-Star Basketball game. This is a series that's been played for how long? I mean, a long time this has been going on, but it's it's basically the best uh, All-Stars 
uh, basketball-wise from the state of Wyoming and from the state of Montana, both boys and girls, and they play two games, back-to-back nights. Uh, the first game uh, is scheduled still to be played June 12th in Sheridan, Wyoming at Sheridan College, followed by uh, the boy. Uh, excuse me, this boys and girls, both nights, uh, and then on the 13th, at the uh, Rocky Mountain College in Billings. So you play one night in Sheridan, drive up to Billings, play the next game there. Uh, and we'll, to make this team to be on this roster is a significant it's, – it's like a postseason award. I mean, even though you're mm-hmm. playing these games, it's, it's sort of like a – well, it is an all-star game. It's like a Pro Bowl or whatever you want to call it. And there's also some very notable games uh, – excuse me, names that are on this team from around the state, Coulter. Yeah, the three standout seniors from Hellgate – they could have one if this happens. This is in June, so this is not out of the question. I'm glad they haven't canceled or postponed this yet. They're just kind of riding it out. Yep. But I think it's cool if they name the teams because even if this game doesn't happen, I think it's okay because this is still just like a feather in the cap, but it would be a cherry on top if you got to actually play the game. But the three outstanding seniors from Missoula Hellgate, they'll get to play one more time together. And that's Raleigh Wooster, the Gatorade yep. Player of the Year, Abe Johnson, who's heading to Army, and then Cam Lawrence, who's still undecided, but I, I firmly believe can play college basketball. They'd also get a chance to play alongside famous left hand, which would be really cool. And then Julius Mims, a kid like we were just talking about, the one of the state high jump champions. Do we have any idea, by the way, what famous left hand's plans are? He's going to Rocky. Yeah. But once upon a time, Raekwon Evans was going to Rocky, too, and he ended up at Florida, Florida state. state. So we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, yeah, it's the close-to-home decision. I'll mm-hmm. tell you this. Famous left hand is going to be a, a very good player in the Frontier Conference <laughs> if he plays at Rocky. <laughs> I would think so, yeah. I mean, he's a really good player, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, I I wish one of the schools here would give him a chance. But you always wonder, you know, sometimes there's some transcript stuff. Who knows? But if Raekwon Evans taught us anything, it's bet on yourself, man. Yeah. Go to NIC. You go to, I would say if I was a Montana kid and I didn't have a firm D1 offer, I would go to North Idaho College. Yeah. Because it's close. It's, you're going to get seen by everybody. I mean, they always have a national recruit. And if you play alongside a national recruit, everybody sees you. Am I not mistaken about the location NIC? It's right on the lake. It is spectacular. I'd go to NIC again and again oh, and again. A bunch, just, of, a bunch oh, of my buddies I mean, from high school went and played soccer there just so they could go hang on Coeur d'Alene. Like, right. Why wouldn't you want to live in Coeur d'Alene? Well, and it's not 19? just in Coeur d'Alene. I mean, you are, it's, it's beachfront property it's, that it's they have. It's literally like four blocks up from the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, you know, you could do worse than spending a couple years living at North Idaho College. That is for sure. At the girls' side, this would actually be pretty interesting to watch this because it would be the first time playing together for Gatorade Player of the Year from Haver, Kendall Keller, uh, as well as Latia Lawrence, the recent signee for uh, the Montana Grizzlies, and Willa Albrecht from Billings West. All three of those young ladies are going to go play for the Lady Grizz, so this could be their first time playing together. Also worth noting, Lexi Deaton, future Montana State Bobcat, current Missoula Sentinel senior, she'll also be on the All-Star team. Very good. So, about our prep extra segment. is brought to us by our friends at Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Locations all across western Montana, especially now. Online, all the online banking you need, every option, farmersebank.com. We'll take a break on the other side. One Hall of Fame Detroit Tiger has passed away. But Detroit, they love their sports figures, but do they love them more than everybody? We'll tell you next. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. 
bad when everybody was obsessed with child wizards and now we live in a world where everybody's obsessed with tigers uh just on this real quick just go ahead and give at gusty tell a follow okay next 24 hours i'm gonna have something special for you it's to tell new one is 1029 espn radio which cities revere their sports heroes the most talk about that shall we by the way, Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton, they've been serving Western Montana for over 60 years. Get in and test drive a Duramax, GMC, or Chevy. Feel the difference and get the best deal at Mildenberger Motors. Uh, Coulter, this conversation spawned from uh, an, a melancholy passing of Al Kaline, who died at the age of 85, known as Mr. Tiger, one of the great, if not the greatest, Detroit Tiger of all time. 22 seasons he played for the Detroit Tigers, uh, won the American League batting title at the age of 20, hit 340 at 20 years of age. I mean, that's talk about a phenom. 15-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glove, first ballot Hall of Famer in 1980. Uh, just just one of the – oh, by the way, 3,000 hits and one home run shy of 400. And it actually got canceled out during a rainout. He, there was a ra- game where he hit a home run that did not become official because it was Because a the game canceled. didn't get done. Oh. So he would have had exactly 400. Um, so – Unbelievable, uh, by the way, 1968 World Series uh, champion as well. But this got you to thinking about cities and their reverence for their sports heroes. So go ahead and set this up for us. Well, I think that there's revered guys and uh, play for every city, but there's yeah. just a lot of cities that aren't as engaged. Like you don't identify really any of the Florida cities as – Sports crazy cities, with the exception of Miami when it comes to football a little bit, maybe. Uh, and Florida definitely is into college football, no doubt. Yeah. But you don't think of like Jacksonville as this city with pro sports reverence or Tampa Bay or Orlando. They're just, sure. they're just not really there compared to – I mean, so much of it's the the – What's the demographic of your citizens? The yeah. Rust Belt towns in America are some of the most blue-collar but also sports-crazy towns. Absolutely. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Detroit. I mean, Chicago to a certain extent. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And I think, too, I think there needs to be a little bit of a separation between the cities that are four-sport towns uh, or at least three-sport towns and others that are one- or two-sport towns. Because, I mean, you – like – in Portland, you know, you can you, if you, if you're a great you know trailblazer that goes a long way, but it's not the same as like a, a, a city's love for its you know mul- not multiple sport guys that there's multiple guys playing one sport. But you understand what I'm saying? Like there's it's just a, like there's more people to choose from rather than just you know a hockey town or a, or, a, or a basketball town or whatever it might be. I think Detroit is right there. I spent a little bit of t- time in Detroit. I lived in Michigan on the other side of the state, but the other side of the state's only about 90 minutes from Detroit, uh, and uh, and they are certainly. Um, all in with all of their people. The interesting thing is that outside of, you know, Barry Sanders for a city that would be probably and is in a lot of ways a huge football city, they have never had right. the th- that aspect to it. So well, it's because Matt Stafford's the best quarterback they've ever had. Right. So their 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 heroes are Red Wings. 
Right. And Tigers. And then a couple of Pistons as well. Certainly some Pistons. Yep. But yeah, there's quite a few Pistons, man. Like that. And team, Barry Sanders. The early 2004, or like the early 2000s Pistons that, that had the 2004 championship team. For sure. I mean, beat, that beat the Lakers. I mean, that team. That I mean, team the Pistons went back to back, right? With with they Isaiah and, and Bill Lambeer. And those and were both else. pretty spectacular moments in time in the NBA, too, because you talk about breaking into what was just a decade that was all Lakers Celtics with a splash of the 76ers. Mm-hmm. But the 80s was all Lakers and Celtics. And the Pistons were the ones that kept Michael Jordan mm-hmm. out of the finals in the 80s. I mean, the Pistons and the Jordan rules knocking him to the ground. So they, they stemmed the. Lakers, Celtics, 80s, and the Chicago Bulls, 90s, they were the stopgap. Right. And then that team that won in 2004, they ended the Kobe Shaq Lakers. But if you're going to ask me what city loves its its favorite players, its hometown heroes the most, yeah. I mean, people who listen to this show a lot are probably going to roll their eyes when I say it, but it, I, I, it could be to me Cleveland. I mean... Yeah, I thought you were going to say Green Bay, and it also could be Green Bay. Well, it could be, although I, I mean, Green Bay is. I mean, there's a, a lot one of sport town too. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, towns in the mix too. I mean, Boston's definitely in the mix. Yeah, <laughs> Philadelphia for the emotion, not just necessarily the love, but like the love or the hate. I mean, Philadelphia right. is definitely has some of the most strong opinions about their mm-hmm. their form. But I guess the other thing too is the cities who rely on their sports the most for their civic both community and sort of pride right are the cities that then revere uh, you know their players the most their their sports heroes the right. most like LA is just never going to be that except town. for San one Diego. except for one guy in, LA. In, in Los Angeles I mean maybe two well Kobe Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant but yeah. mostly mostly Kobe I was referring to uh, yeah I I mean Kobe I agree with what you're saying that there is a huge disconnect with how big LA is except for mm-hmm. one guy because he was so larger than life that he was popular to everybody even people that didn't like basketball because he was such a huge celebrity was, in a town a, of celebs. A crossover exactly but and that's the thing though you have to be celebrity as such in Los Angeles but that's the only place you could really be a Kobe celebrity was, like that. right but like Houston I don't know they're kind of each each all of the Texas cities that have professional sports seem to just be sort of enclaves under themselves. I don't, I don't know. I guess all these towns sort of are to me, but um, it's just really weird because there's just no way of escape. Like football, you know, New defi- York, there's football stuff going defines on. everything in Texas. Though there's yeah. no way to escape it. It defines every element of how yeah. you think about Texas. So even if James Harden was like three peat with the Rockets, he still wouldn't be on par. With like a guy like Earl Campbell who played for the Oilers in the right. late '70s, you know, right. he just wouldn't. Right. A Cowboys championship is worth five Mavericks championships. So let me ask you this: Let me turn this a little bit because there's a lot of guys to tell New Orleans, one or two ninety ESPN Radio, who have been unbelievable players that would have been beloved and revered in the places that they were, but then ended up leaving. And in some cases, been out of their control. They got traded or whatever it is. And right. then in some cases, it was because they were chasing the money. But let me give you a couple of names, okay? Deion Sanders. Mm. I mean, he, if he stays in Atlanta, right. he is the all-time, all-timeest Falcon that there could possibly ever be. If and, him and Michael Vick would have crossed over, that would have been like a supernova. Exactly. Oh, was Dion still playing in 98 when Vic came out? Absolutely. I think so. Yes. Yeah. And so, but then he leaves, and he he basically spends equal amounts of time in Atlanta and San Francisco and Dallas, wins Super Bowls in San Francisco and Dallas, is, I mean, he's, he's the best corner of all time, right? I mean, is, is, is he? Yeah. I mean, he's, mm, he's there. Yeah, he's there. But anyway. 
Champ Bailey. But but where's the city that goes? We love Deion Sanders. And maybe they all all the fans of the team love him. But he's like, where's where's his where's Tallahassee, yeah, Florida? Yeah, well, Tallahassee, it is. It is. you're right. It's Tallahassee, Tallahassee. that's a good point. But here's another one: Terrell Owens. Now th- these guys are not all loved, so to speak. Sure. Alex Rodriguez. I mean, he's equal parts Seattle, Texas, and New York Yankees, and maybe nobody wants to take him in. No. Nope. But the point is, is like. If you would have just stayed and done the thing in Seattle, greatest Mariner of all time. For oh, you kidding me? I mean, he he. he Ken Griffey Jr. is another great example. He, here's people don't want to say it, but the kids should have stayed in Seattle too. Shoulda, shoulda for sure. But here's what's so funny is people still I think identify Griff as a Mariner ultimately, even though he played so long with the Reds. He did. He did. But and it seemed like it was such a blur. It was so irrelevant the whole time, even though he put up good numbers. Don't you think? Totally. Like it's it was so forgettable. It was just watching this once Cincinnati. tremendous guy just fall apart. Well, he didn't fall apart, but but it when, just wasn't when, the same. When he tore his hamstring, he was never the same after that. Though. Yeah. Here's what's funny about Alex Rodriguez, though. If he stays in Seattle, now I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe the character of the person is always going to rise to the surface ultimately but if he stays in seattle not only is he loved in seattle he's loved everywhere instead of you know reviled everywhere i mean when he left seattle he was absolutely hated in seattle because he went for the money to an irrelevant franchise that still stayed irrelevant and then through multiple lies and cheats and steroids and everything like that he ends up you know being an albatross for the new york yankees and they nobody there wanted him on the team and so i i you know it's just bizarre that that would happen. But anyway, point being, there's plenty of guys, all kinds of sports you can talk about, and guys that were like, that are well like. Darrell Revis. I mean, Darrell mm. Revis was was corner for hire for about five, six years in a row, one-year contracts. And if he would have just stayed with what, what, anywhere, I guess the yeah. Jets, I mean, you could have been uh, – uh, you know, retired and been done with that. And, I don't, I, you know, nobody's going to say that, well – him getting double-digit millions every single season because he never signed a long-term deal isn't, you know, didn't work out for him financially. But also, like, maybe it doesn't matter that you get to walk around, you know, town or whatever. But, for instance, in Seattle, it's the city I know the best. Jay Buhner walks mm. on water in Seattle, Washington. And if he was in any... Tell him the bone sent you. Have you seen that? Oh, absolutely. He's selling trucks <laughs> you everywhere. Can't, ex- can't escape it. But... You know, if Jay Buhner, he's a very good baseball player. He was. But he's not a guy where if he walked into, you know, a bar anywhere else in America that that, that he would have a drink paid for. People would not know who this guy was, by and large, even sports fans, you know. But in Seattle, he is, he is, he's loved more than most of the guys that are on the team as we speak. So that's what you can get out of just sticking it out. Certainly, Al Kaline is the nascency of this conversation was that and then some because he wasn't just a Detroit Tiger. He was an all-time great baseball player, period, who did it all in the Motor City. Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, our number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. Our conversation, our series of uh, conversations with Big Sky Conference football quarterbacks continues to Mario Warren. He's the head coach of the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Joins us right after this. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 